right, so hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Grounded. We are a student-run podcast and we hope to help other students increase their mental health literacy and their employment and academic skills to reduce some of the major stresses in students' lives. Today is a very special episode because, as you can see, we will be live streaming for the first time. Our wonderful guest is Cedra Lim, a UNSW careers coach, and she will be answering some questions that we have about employability, including interviews, resumes, cover letters, and more. So this is gonna be a chill and conversational session. So please feel free to comment any questions you have for Cedrin throughout the live stream. We will most likely ask them towards the end. Yes, amazing. So um, first of all, we'll probably ask some questions collected from students previously. So um, to kick us off, Cedrin, um, would you like to introduce yourself and what UNSW Careers is all about? Thanks, Sarah and Lucy. Hi, everyone. My name is Sedrine. I'm one of the UNSW career coaches. And um, my daily routine for my role is that I do a lot of one-on-one consultation with students to talk about job application processes and documents such as a resume and cover letter, which we will be covering today. And I also run um, workshops for students. Um, for example, um, some of them would be some faculty related workshops. And today, this is also my um, first non-faculty related um, session that we're doing on live stream. So I'm very excited for that. Um, a bit about my background, I actually do human resource and psychology. I also have one year overseas working experience in um, Singapore as a training business analyst. So we're excited to share with you some of um, my experience today. All right, sounds like we're in very good hands, Sarah. Um, so without further ado, let's um, hop right into the questions. So the first section um, that we're gonna sort of discuss about is resumes. And the first question that we have is, how long does an employer normally take to read through resumes? Right, so typically recruiter will spend 10 seconds screening each resume. So for most graduate roles, I'm not sure if um, you're aware of it, application can be up to hundreds or even thousands. So then it's important for you to tailor your resume based on the job advertisement in order to capture the attention of a recruiter. So otherwise, um, 10 seconds just flew by quickly. They will immediately decide whether um, your resume is a yes, no, or maybe. Wow. 10 seconds is so fast. Yeah. So there are some tips and tricks around it that I will um, share with you as we go through our session today. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, wow. So... I guess um, since we're on the topic of resumes, um, I guess a lot of students were uh, wondering what is the difference between resume and CV? We hear about both terms a lot of the time, so we get a bit confused. Um, Cedron, do you mind explaining what the difference is? Sure. Historically, resumes are shorter documents than um, curriculum vitae, CV, but this di distinction is no longer relevant. And now the term of um, resume and CV are used interchangeably. So um, there's no difference. When employers ask for um, resume or CV, it's typically a two, three pages document that you would send to them. Okay, that's good. I thought there was a difference for a second when you were reading the question. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't, I didn't know that at all. No, it's um, not, not anymore, not especially in um, Australian context. Uh, yeah. Okay, makes sense. Um, okay, so I guess our next question following on from um, the rest is, what are your tips when it comes to writing a resume and how can we get the recruiter to um, sort of look at our resume in that 10 second span? 
Mm, I usually share with students writing your resume is like painting an art piece. Just as for a resume, you need to write it um, based on the job advertisements. So as you're writing it, make sure you tailor it based on um, the criteria and the requirement of the role as recruiters tend to look into keywords of um, something that they're looking for. So besides tailoring your resume, it's also important to include a career profile session on your resume. So are you aware of um, what a career profile is? Um, I believe so, but just for students out there who might not know what that is. Mm -hmm. Explain. Yeah, sure. Typically, it's four to five bullet points highlighting some of your key experiences. So for example, you can say um, what course you're studying, what soft skills or technical skills that you have gained in your past work experiences. So this is what contributes to your career profile at the top session of your resume. And other things that you should um, take note is um, keep your resume within two to three pages as recruiter do not have um, that much of the time to read through your whole resume. So keep it succinct and proofread your resume before submission. So I've shared some resources um, with Sarah that I believe you'll share with um, the group of students. There's this platform called Smart Thinking, where if you submit your resume, you'll get almost instant feedback on the um, grammatical um, side of things. And there's also a resume checker where they will give you feedback on the general formatting of your resume. So when writing your past experiences, be mindful to write it using achievement statement. So achievement statement is typically um, starting a sentence with an adverb like collaborated or um, conducted, presented something. And then you can include other details of your past duties by including some quantitative information like the number of people you work with, how many words of a report you've written. And um, for example, if you participate in any competition, you can also include the name of the competition and also the period that you have taken, you have spent in participating in this competition. Hmm. Right. So that's a few um, handy tips, but if you like more information, also refer to the resume guide that um, Sarah will be sharing with you guys. Yes, um, I'll be sharing all those resources on the ground at UNSW page of this live stream. Um, so that'll be very helpful. Um, Sedrin, just a question that come up to my mind. So you were talking about the career profile. Would you say that's the most important part then, since it's at the very top in that 10 mm. seconds, that's like a summary? Yeah, I think that's definitely the first step that you want to make sure um, you've included that on your resume. But whether that itself is sufficient for your resume to receive a, a good grade or receive an interview opportunity, um, I think... Maybe not because the resume do still consist of a lot other important sections. For example, um, some students, they usually say that, oh, I, I'm graduating this year, but I do not have much work experience. What should I include on my resume? So in that situation, you would want to include um, sessions such as relevant projects or extracurricular activities. So these would also highlight your profile and personality further. Mm. So hope that answers your question. Career profile itself is important, but not the only important factor. Makes sense, makes sense. Holistic. When you can yeah, that. that's right. Thank you. Cool. So thank you for all those tips for resume. Um, we'll now move on to cover letters. Um, a lot of students struggle with cover letters since we have to, you know, write full sentences, paragraphs. So um, yeah, student did ask us, how would you say would be the right way to structure a cover letter? Um, yeah, to make it, I guess, good and um, an employer would, you know, kind of look at it and be like, oh, I want to hire this person. 
Yeah, so with cover letter, it's much um, straightforward, usually just a one pager where um, there's some formatting that you should follow, like um, including your address and the company's address, including a subject um, headline um, with a title of the position that you're applying for. These are the simple format that you should follow. But um, personally, I think what most important is to really express your motivation for the job and the company. And when you write your cover letter, also write it in a succinct um, format because each paragraph you should ideally addressing um, each skills that employers are looking for. Um, yeah, so not sure if you actually heard of this structure called the STAR, STAR framework, situation, task, action, and result. So in a cover letter, you can use that to write the paragraph as well. Yeah, so um, situation, you can put less emphasis. The main thing here is to address the action that you have taken in the past that helps you to gain the skills that you, you're trying to articulate, you're trying to sell on your cover letter. Hmm. Okay, I do remember hearing about the STAR um, structure for interview questions. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, you could use that on cover letter as well. Oh, okay, all right, that's mm -hmm. a very handy tip. Um, okay, so our next question, still on the... Um, cover letters, do you think they are more important than resumes? Mm, this is a tricky question. Personally, I think that um, it's not because resume will still be the first step that employer look at before they decide to read on your cover letter or to offer you an interview opportunity. So resume is definitely um, a key first step to highlight all your key experiences. Um, however, cover letter does add the value of um, your profile by telling a bit more details about the experience that you've written on your resume. So then that also helps you to describe a bit more on your motivation and how you might fit in with the organization culture, which you can't explain this on your resume. You could only write that on your cover letter. So cover letter has its um, role to play in the job application process as well. That makes sense. Mm, makes sense. Amazing. Cool. Um, so after following from that, we also had a student who was wondering if a company says a cover letter is optional, um, should they do it? Would they even read it since it's targeted as optional or would it actually increase their chances of getting employed? Um, at all times, if let's say you are really um, interested in the job, it's important for you to um, sell yourself enough. So I'll definitely recommend you to include a cover letter even when they ask you, you know, to do it as an optional um, thing. Um, for example, I like to also put this into perspective for students, okay? So imagine there's a candidate A and B, they have similar experience, graduated with the same course with similar set of extracurricular activities. But one actually provide a cover letter while the other one doesn't have a cover letter. So from a recruiter perspective, you get to understand one candidate better, like candidate A with a cover letter. You get to understand better what this person has done, what this person has achieved compared to candidate B. So which one will have a higher chance to secure interview? Maybe both. But if let's say they only have one slot for interview, who do you think will have a higher chance? What do you guys think? Probably, Probably cover letter <laughs> person. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So there's a lot of factors involved, but I'll say that um, be prepared. If you really are interested in the job, really put in the effort and um, go through the extra mile to, to um, highlight your profile better. Mm. 
Mm, makes sense. It probably shows that they're very proactive too by that's right. Extreme. Mm. That's right. That's right. So um, also to add on a bit on that is that um, a lot of students ask, um, for each application, do I have to tailor my resume and cover letter for it? And the answer is yes, because different company and different role, they'll look for different things. So when you tailor it, it also show your proactivity and your willingness to really um, understand the job expectations, job requirements before you just it's better than you just submitting your resume and cover letter to like every company just out of randomly and at times you could can tell whether you're putting in the effort or not so um definitely tailor your resume and cover letter too mm, mm, that, yeah very good. handy tips for our listeners i think um okay so i think we've covered resumes and um, cover letters pretty well let's move on to maybe interviews so one of our um, questions is how do you introduce yourself in an interview? And I think this might be related to that um, question that you get asked by the interviews, like tell me a little bit about yourself. That's right. So typically in interview, there are like three type of questions that they're going to ask you. The first type is um, to know about you, standard open-ended questions. The second type is behavioral questions and the third type is situational questions. So with the um, standard open-ended questions, when you tell them about yourself, highlight your key experiences in the past that's relevant to the job description once again. Um, make sure you are familiar with the job um, expectations and requirements. So you can tell them about your education background, your work experience, your extracurricular involvement and internship in the past. And also usually end the tell me about yourself response with your interest in the field of work that, that you're applying to. So um, hope that give you a general idea. So depending on the sort of industry that you get into, um, some of you, if you're, let's say, design students, you might want to prepare like your portfolio to bring with you or to send them a link before the interview so you can then let them understand you through your work. Mm, makes sense. That sounds good. Also, I guess, looking at this question, it reminds me of a friend who used to always, um, so he did construction management, and what he did is he would always create a PowerPoint slide and print it out about his summary whilst he talked and introduced himself. Do you think that's a good idea or it's a bit of a kind of distracting factor when you're trying to talk as well? I think depending on your personal preference, but personally, um, I wouldn't recommend that to students to, to sort of um, read it through from a slide or document mm. in introducing yourself because you should be familiar with yourself and you should be comfortable in selling yourself. So then um, having an eight would be helpful if you're presenting your work, like, let's say your portfolio. But if it's about yourself, just, just go with the flow and just be natural about introducing yourself. Makes sense, makes sense. I feel like that's always the hard part for me because it's the start of the interview. That's when my nerves are at its highest. I have to mm. introduce myself. I'm like, who am I? <laughs> yeah, definitely. We have a lot of students have that um, sort of situation as well, where like in the beginning, you're, you because you're not sure what they are looking for. So it's also maybe um, helpful if you start off with some um, casual chat, asking about, you know, how's your day? And they will also ask some questions about, you know, how did you come to um, our office today? Was it hard to, to find our place? They would usually have that um, casual chat in the beginning. So hopefully that would help you to, to um, be more casual and um, feel less anxious during the beginning of the interview. Mm, yeah, that definitely helps things. 
Mm. Cool. So I guess following on about nerves and everything, um, there was a student who told us that um, they feel like they're very terrible at interviews and they get super nervous. They always stutter when the employer asks them questions. Um, I know that this is something that I go through as well, get very nervous because I definitely want to perform well. So Cedrin, do you have some tips to kind of help us um, kind of calm down and be able to perform our best? I think the key thing here is to um, be prepared. So first off is to find out um, how is the interview like? Is it going to be one-on-one interview, panel interview, or a video interview? So for different types of interview, you should prepare yourself accordingly for it. Um, nowadays, there's a rise in video interview due to this whole um, COVID situation. So with video interview, um, one key step is to make sure that um, you have got all the technology all set up well so that you don't um, get cut off in the middle of answering responses. And in terms of the um, nervous part, um, know yourself and know the job is very important because at the end of the day, this whole interview is about you selling yourself. So you need to know what is it that you want to highlight? What is it that you want to tell them about yourself? And no one in the interview know you better than yourself. So that's something that um, you should be the expert in this whole conversation and interview. Um, and just be yourself, be authentic. And a lot of times throughout the interview, um, you get to ask them some questions as well. And hopefully after asking them the question that help you to gain a better clarity about the role to see if you are suitable for the role. Because beside them assessing you, you're also assessing the employer mm. to see whether is this role suitable for you. So don't be um, too nervous about putting all the spotlight on yourself. You should also share the spotlight with the employer. Right, so that they can also sell to you about the job. Mm, that is very true. I think most of the time people are like, yeah, like students feel like they're on the spot. But I don't know, maybe they should be asking questions too. And yeah. um, So I think we have two follow-up questions from what you mentioned just then. Um, and the first one is, are there any questions that we should be asking um, to recruiters and are there any questions that recruiters particularly like? Um, yeah, so we'll start off with that one first. All right, so the first question is, um, are there any questions that it's good to ask? Was that the first question? Okay, so um, depending on the job, so for um, people in the common stream and engineering stream, the job scope can be very different. So you need to first study the job descriptions and also study about the company. What sort of projects are they doing? And what will you be doing in your role? That's also some question that you want to ask them. But first, do your um, response, like, um, the responsibility to do all the research you can find all the findings you have online before you ask them any questions so some questions that is not recommended um, to ask is like if you ask them um let's say uh, what's my job all about this is too broad and this doesn't show that you have done um the research that you is required to find out about the role but if you found some project online about the department that you're getting into that they're going to do this project you can then quote the project from some news article and ask them about it 
And then it shows that you have done some research, you have shown some understanding about the organization and the team, and that you're showing interest to find out a bit more on it. So ask them about specific projects, ask them about the people that you're going to work with, the stakeholders. Um, some questions that you should avoid asking is um, maybe pay as well. Because I believe with a lot of students or graduate, we are starting off as a, maybe a graduate role or entry role. So with that, usually salary is um, not the main thing that we should be going for. More like telling them about what you contribute and um, your, your, your attitude of a willingness to learn. Those are some of the things that you want to show them. So when you ask a question, you also show that you're, you're someone that is um, curious and eager to learn. Mm -hmm. So what was the second part of the question, sorry? Um, yeah, so Sarah will get to that now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think that was the question, just like, are there any particular questions that the recruiters like at the end? So I think you covered that pretty well. Okay. Um, thank you for that. Um, yeah. So, and then we do have one more question that um, popped up. So are you supposed to prepare um, an interview in a different way for those one-on-one -on -one interviews compared to interviews where you have a panel of interviewers i think this is a really interesting question so um what's your take on it Cedric? yep so personally um when i was a candidate back then i also had a one-on-one -on -one interview i also had panel interviews so depending on the stage of um, recruitment you're at usually you will meet different people and if you're going for a panel interview the recruiter will send you a list of um, name of the panelists that's when you can actually do research about each and every of these um panelists so then when you ask them question as well, you can tailor it to these people. So it shows that you have done your um, duty to do research. And um, the difference is that when, I think when you're, when you're in the panelist, sometimes potentially is that um, you'll be assessed by different manager. Maybe you're, you're showing interest in different team and that the manager are um, going to have discussion um, between themselves to see whether where you suit best. So it's important for you to be sure of um, your interest area, be sure of your um, skill sets. And with one-on-one -on -one interview, um, that's pretty straightforward. Usually it's the hiring manager or the recruiter that's going to do that before they send you to your direct manager for the interview. So um, yeah. Hmm, very handy. Um, I don't think that's something that many people have thought of um, in the past, at least amongst my friends and I. Um, so that's very handy advice. Thank you so much. Okay, so we're going to move on to some general questions about increasing employability. And one of our students asks, what are your top tips for creating a stellar LinkedIn profile? Um, and how can you like, I don't know, boost up your profile so that it looks good to recruiters? Mm, so there are a few um, um, key steps that you can do when you first started off creating your LinkedIn profile. The first one is to include a professional um, photo where it shows a frame of your, your head to your shoulder. So um, don't put anything that's like selfie or don't dress anything that's less professional. So dress according to the industry that you want to get into. So make sure it's professional. The second thing is to pick a headline that is um, that shows um, what you're currently doing and your interest area. So some students, they like to uh, put um, UNSW student in a mechanical engineering. So that will be a bit too broad. So you want to make sure that you show um, your interest. For example, um, you can be a mechanical engineering intern at a certain company 
or you can highlight some of the key um, departments and team that you have worked in the past on your headline because that's the first thing that people um, will look at before they even click into your, your profile to see other stuff. And the third thing would be your about session. So about session is a good um, part where you can actually articulate your um, prior experience and a bit on your future interests and direction. What do you want to get into and what impact do you want to make to the people around you and in your job? So um, this part, you want to highlight some key technical terms of your area. For example, if you are a um, software engineering student, you want to highlight some of the coding language that you know, let's say Python, JavaScript. Or if you're a design student, you want to highlight some of the software that you know how to use, like Photoshop, Adobe. So some of these keywords that recruiter will use to um, search for talents. And lastly, is that uh, make sure um, when you first start creating a profile, connect with at least 50 contacts that will increase your chances of being um, searched by a recruiter in this LinkedIn platform. So these are a few um, basic key steps into creating your LinkedIn profile. If you'd like to find out more, you can book a consultation with our careers team and we can walk you through more tips. Mm, sounds good. Um, I remember when I first created my LinkedIn, I didn't know what I was doing. So these tips are like honestly very valuable. Um, and yes, UNSW Careers does does consultations and they're super helpful. So um, we'll talk more about that near the end as well. Um, so Cedrin, I had a question personally. So with LinkedIn, it's a very powerful platform as we know. Um, there's a function where we can like make a lot of like posts, um, whether it be about our accomplishments, about um, kind of, you know, what we've been reading up on recently. Do you, what's the best way kind of to utilize this kind of um, function? Do you think we should like be frequently um, updating posts to keep us like, you know, relevant and up to date or mm. how should we use it? Mm. So the key um, benefits of using, using this is to nurture the connection that you have. So if let's say um, you see any articles that you would like to share with your connection, you think they will be interested in, that's where you can use those share functions. And if you read any article that your connection has posted, you can then like or react or comment to it. And all this action would actually be summarized on your LinkedIn profile. So it's actually also part of your personal branding. It's, it's entirely optional for your personal preference. Some people, they like to stay more um, passive in reading through things without um, doing too much action on it. That's also fine. But some people want to take this opportunity to nurture the connection you have with that person. So then you will want to react to their post, comment, or even um, share the article with other people that you think they might be interested in. Another thing you mentioned was about accomplishment. Was that right? Yes. 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 So is it is your question about whether is there a need to keep updating it or yeah so is there a need to um keep updating on a, a post um so yeah kind of mm. Mm, relating that to that yeah, that's also um, based on, I guess, your, your personal preference. Um, you can do that. If let's say you, you, you're you someone that um, um, journalize, journalize a lot about certain topics that you think might be interesting to your um, connection, you can also post it on LinkedIn and everyone else can actually um, read it, share it and um, react to it. Um, yeah, that's actually totally up to your personal preference. Yeah. And speaking of accomplishment, I think there is also a session here on um, skills 
where you can include some of your key skills there and you can get endorsement from others. So yeah. this is also a way to nurture your connection, your relationship with um, people that you've connected with. Mm. Wow, there's actually a lot on LinkedIn. Probably need to explore more. Yeah. Wow. Great. One step at a time. A lot of times um, students might think that um, my profile is not ready. So therefore, I don't want to connect with anyone. Um, That's okay. You can still connect with them and send them a personalized message to introduce yourself. So even though your profile, you might think is not complete, but if you send them a personalized um, message, most of the time, your connection would actually approve it. Oh, I see, I see. Hmm, that makes sense. And then I guess also just tailoring those invites to your connections and saying, oh, we have a common interest in this. I would like to talk more. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Sounds good. Thank you. Awesome. So, yeah. And then our next question um, within the increasing employability section, um, we had a student who graduated um, when the pandemic started, which we definitely all know about. Um, so they wanted... I assume they were applying for like an internship or a casual role, still studying, um, but they didn't know what to do um, because it was really hard and they struggled to find a job. So in this situation, Cedron, what do you think um, would be some good tips for this student who's struggling to find a job in this current climate? Mm, Before I get into the solution part, I also Mm. want to share a bit more about um, a mindset here. So actually for everyone who have graduated, they would need to go through this process of um, applying for jobs, um, sometimes getting rejected and um, feeling lost. So this is everyone's journey. So in this journey, what is actually testing you is your mindset. So it's important for you to stay resilient and um, keep trying for um, roles that you think might suit you. A lot of times students that would uh, receive rejection, it could be due to them picking some job that might be um, mm, looking for more um, experience than what you can offer. So start off with something that's more junior and entry role so that you can gain more um, soft skills experience for you to demonstrate it in your future um, applications. So for example, um, you can start off by applying for casual and part-time roles in um, retail industry or hospitality industry. And you could also gain volunteering opportunities through any NGO or not-for-profit organizations. So with these starting point experiences, it helps you to land a future full-time role. So some students, if you're only thinking of uh, looking for internship after you graduate, um, it's recommended for you to to do it while you're still in uni, actually. So um, definitely start earlier when you're at uni until uh, it's better than you wait until you graduate and then you start looking for internships and other roles to support um, your, um, uh, to build your skill set. That's probably a bit too late. Um, But COVID, going back to your question on um, COVID-19 climate, um, a lot of students are struggling. So you need to know that you're not alone. And there's a lot of things that you can do during this time. You can actually um, continue, develop your skill sets by taking um, online courses. You can also um, expand your connection on LinkedIn or do some career pathway research on LinkedIn while you're looking for jobs. And um, you can also explore the virtual internship opportunities, which is from um, the Forage. So there's different way you can go about. Um, all I can say is um, 
to build a resilient mindset, um, keep going and keep persevering and something will come to you as long as you're putting in the effort, you're going through um, a journey, a journey of change and growth. So at the end of the day, you're still learning something from it. So keep a positive mindset. Very solid advice. Okay, so um, the next question is from a student and they're asking, how do I stand out from um, everyone else? Mm, can you give um, me like a more, I guess, concrete example or elaborate more on that? Because in my opinion, everyone is unique. Mm. So I think mm -hmm. everyone do stand out from the rest, depending on what sort of situation that um, you're, you, you're at. Hmm. Okay, that's a good point. Maybe yeah. um, in the context of resumes or interviews, I guess that's when you'd probably see um, your recruiter or maybe even on LinkedIn. Mm. Um. Mm. So usually we would, um, usually with, um, with all this job application processes, a lot of times actually start within yourself, depending on how much you're self-aware of yourself, your interests, your values, and um, your skill sets. So all these things actually build a unique self. So this is also about um, personal branding. So um, how do you stand out from the rest would really be for you to be authentic with yourself, to identify, you know, what position that you want to stand uh, in this um, society. Do I want to... Um, um, what do I want to contribute? So one of the things, let's say on, on LinkedIn, the about session that we talk about, that's when you really want to focus on um, telling people about your yourself. And um, based on the area that you want to get into, based on a career goal you have in mind, you would then ask yourself, how can I stand out, for, stand out from others in this field that I'm interested in? Would taking up this volunteering help me? Would taking up this extracurricular activity help me? That's when you, you, you start to build like a personal branding. But first off, you need to have a career goal in mind that helps you to, to uh, lay out the pathway that you can take for you to stand out from the rest. I hope that makes sense. Mm, that makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess it's, it's hard because there's so many people um, applying for the same job or the same area so those tips do help and I I do agree everyone has a unique aspect to add and I guess we just need to highlight that um so Cedrin throughout this live stream you mentioned a lot about personal branding um so in regards to that um how do we figure that out within yourself yeah <laughs> the yeah. short and simple answer is within yourself so we, we also have a guide on um career planning where we have a lot of questions that ask you about you know what's your interest area what are you good at what are your weakness so a lot of times when um um when landing on your dream job or not it really depends on yourself to see how much you understand about yourself that's when you can do research about um if you know what you like in this light, you can bend and narrow down what sort of pathway you might enjoy doing better. So everything actually starts within yourself. And this, this process is, um, is a long journey. So even for um, people who have worked in the industry for 10 to 20 years, they constantly need to come back to self-reflection for them to, to decide whether is this still something that they want to do. And as we grow, a lot of our values, a lot of our interests will change. So the constant reflection is very important um, in this sense. Um, yeah, really the key thing is knowing what um, you like, what you dislike, what you're good at, and maybe what you're not that good at. 
and that would hopefully give you an idea of uh, a more ideal career pathway for yourself. Makes sense. Okay, yeah. so personal branding would involve like several elements. Yeah, wow. there's a lot of okay. reflection in car. Yeah, if you'd like to find out more, you can book a consultation with us. We can have mm. a conversation with you. Yeah, because I think personal branding sounds like something that would you know, really help and also connects with the previous question that Lucy asked, how do we stand up from the rest? Mm. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. Awesome. So um, the next question is more specific to assessment centres. Mm. Um, I'm aware that some internships have um, been happening recently. Um, so I guess people are getting really nervous. So this particular student has been applying for internships and recently had their assessment centre. Um, it was their first one or the candidates were super intelligent and they felt intimidated. Um, what's the best way to prepare for these big assessment centers where there's a lot of people? Mm, usually bigger companies will have more um, assessment center as part of their recruitment process. And typically it is a common last stage of a recruitment process or at least maybe the second last stage. So um, they're used. Okay. So first off to, to um, dissect what an, assessment center is we need to understand the purpose of it is for recruiter or um, assessor to come as a group to assess your suitability in the role and whether um, your cultural your cultural fit within the organization and um, because it involves multiple assessor this seems to be known as a less biased uh, method to assess um, candidates so um, let's look into what they will assess. They will look into, um, so aside from what you have shown on your resume cover letter, they want to look, you, look at you as a person with, um, with um, um, what sort of attitude can you contribute to the organization? Um, do you have the soft skills, communication and problem solving skills? This is a very important at a workplace. So true, um, assessment center, they will give you maybe like a case study for you to, uh, for you to perform in a group setting. So um, before you go for this assessment center, it's important for you to understand the job description. What are they looking for? And then during this assessment center, you can then uh, present and perform in the way that um, is required by the role. And typically because it is a group setting, some candidates will get nervous and some candidates, they may not be extrovert, they may not be outgoing, but because in the group setting, they will then have to uh, be pushed out of their comfort zone to see whether can they actually um, contribute to the team discussion? Can they actually um, voice out their ideas? So these are really good, um, I would say, um, assessing a method to see how you perform in a group setting. And typically, during this sort of setting, it appears to have four roles. The leader, who speak a lot, give a lot of ideas. The supporter, who agree with um, people's ideas a lot. The challenger, who actually say no to most of the ideas. And the quiet achiever. So the quiet achiever is, I would say, quite challenging for them because if they stay quiet all the time, they it will be much harder for the recruiter to actually assess them. So you want to... Um, um, really push yourself out of your comfort zone to communicate with people in a professional manner and to focus on contributing your strength to the team. So for example, if you're not comfortable talking, you can volunteer to become the timekeeper of the session. 
you can then also pre-prepared um, some, some conversation starters you can have with the team to make yourself feel uh, more comfortable. Um, so these are some of the tips that you can um, you can you can um, use to make yourself um, feel more comfortable in an AC. So assessment center we call it in short AC. Mm -hmm. um, and usually after AC, it will follow by an interview or a psychometric test. The employer wants to like better understand you. So um, this would also be a good. Um, I guess opportunity for you to bring back some examples from the AC for you to talk about with the with the recruiter during the interview. Mm, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Sounds good. And I guess um, with like case studies, would you say um, it'd be also a good tip to guys practice with maybe friends and pretend you're in a case study? Would that help? <laughs> Yeah, that, that definitely would help. And um, UNSW Korea, we actually run a few programs to help um, to simulate this situation for students to perform. For example, our Next Step program and um, with our um, professional development program for international students as well. Um, yeah, so this kind of simulation will help students to familiarize with the environment a bit better. Okay. Yeah, and then again, to 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 let yourself feel more comfortable and less intimidated is to try to think from the recruiter perspective as to what are they looking for. So hopefully, you can focus more on presenting yourself than um, thinking uh, what are they looking for in you. Yeah, that makes sense. That's really helpful because um, personally, I'm I'm also actually trying to apply for internships right now. So. Um, I would say I don't have much experience in this area. So I relate with this student and um, all those tips help. There's a lot of preparation I can do. Thank you, Cedric. No worries. Mm, thank you for all those insights into the um, assessment center and um, the idea about giving yourself a little bit of perspective, like putting yourself in the recruiter's shoes. I don't think that's um, something I personally do very much because I'm so like hyper-focused on myself sometimes. So. Thank you for those um, insights and advice. So we're gonna move on to our live stream questions um, and we'll open it up. So listeners, please type any questions you have in and we will ask Cedrin. Yes, sounds good. So I'll monitor the chat right now. And it seems like we have a question from Kim Tran. First of all, thank you, Kim. Um, so, she says, hi, Cedrin, thank you for the informative discussion. I have a question regarding the ideal structure of a resume. So if someone has a diverse background, i.e. spanning across multiple industries over a few years and is applying for a, uh, for a role in a particular industry, would you recommend putting the most relevant experiences first or stick with the chronological order? Very good question. So then again, it's very important to tailor your resume to the job that you're applying for. So definitely pick experiences that are relevant. You don't have to include everything that you've done in the past. Pick relevant experience and put it in reverse chronological order. So hope that answer your question, Kim. Yeah, I think that was great. Thank you. Also wait for more if there is any. I see some students, they usually, um, some students actually do include their experiences from high school as well. So in this case, um, you might want to consider removing any experience that is a little bit less recent and focus on what is more recent and relevant. Mm, makes sense. Is it in the resume, is it like you put 
you can put like relevant and then other experiences. I think I saw the structure before that like um, that would help. And yes. I guess relevant first because of that 10 seconds that they take to read. Yes, definitely put your relevant experience above your additional experience. And additional experience is actually optional as well. If let's say your resume is already taking up full two pages, you then don't have to include that additional session. You only put that in if you don't have any other um, things you want to talk about yourself. Mm, makes sense, makes sense. Okay, thank you. Awesome. Mm. Lucy, were there any follow-up questions or things you wanted to clarify about the um. session? Not at the moment. I think we've, um, I think Cedron's covered everything pretty well. Yeah, yeah honestly um, did. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me add on something if I can highlight a few other things like, um, because from what Sarah and Lucy mentioned, um, a lot of students feel that um, they're very nervous and um, they don't know how to calm down before interview or assessment center. One of the things you can try is to use this um, visualization technique. So imagine what a successful interview or AC looks like for you. So that, that becomes like a goal, like a vision that you're going for. So when you imagine that, when you're in the actual situation, you have something in mind. So you just have to perform up to that standard to make yourself feel more confident. Oh. That's one way. Another way is that um, for interview, we tend to memorize a lot of um, responses beforehand. So um, to make yourself more relaxed before the interview is to maybe do some tongue twisters exercise. So you can um, distract yourself a bit, to concentrate a bit more on the tongue twister rather than all your responses you have in mind. That is, wow. I've actually never heard of those tips before. Visualize, let me write this down. <laughs> that, that makes sense. Like, you know, you always go in, you're like, I don't know what will happen, but visualization. Thank you. Okay, yes. Uh, let Lucy, it go and let me know if it works. Yes, I will. Lucy, have you heard of this before? I haven't heard of this before. I have not, but I am lapping up all of these, um, like I feel like psychology mindset tricks because I feel like that sometimes is like a determining factor in whether or not you get the position or not. So um, it's yeah. good to get that in control and everything. Hmm. Um, I'm not too sure if we have any other questions at the moment. Should we wait a bit or should we wrap up? Um, I think we can move on to wrap up and then if any questions arise, we can ask them in the end. Yeah, all right, amazing. Okay, so wrapping up, um, we're gonna talk a little bit more about UNSW careers. Um, so you mentioned before, but are there any um, other upcoming events from UNSW careers and how can we find out more information? Yeah, so um, to um, give you a bit more context about um, Career Expo that's happening this year, we are doing it um, quite different from in the past. So um, in March, we had one launch a career in commerce and technology. So um, many different companies come in to um, look for talents in commerce and technology space. And in week six of term two, we're going to have launch your career in government. So we're going to have a lot of um, government bodies coming in to um, our online career expo and share some opportunities with students. So students from any stream are welcome to join in week six of term two. Mm, week six term two. And do they like sign up for it, I assume? Um, yeah, yeah, you can sign that up on our employability website. Yeah, I'm not sure if the registration is open yet, um, but definitely stay tuned to our website for more information. Sounds good. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And cool. other programs that um, 
students might be interested are is our Next Step program where we host it every um, term and our professional um, development program for international students as well to talk about um, Australian workplace culture. Mm, okay, sounds good. There's, uh, there's so many resources. I was looking at the um, website, so definitely look into it, listeners. Um, also, um, Cedrin, you were talking about how you can book consultations with UNSW careers. Um, what's the format of that and how can um, students kind of schedule that in? Good question. So this week we've started um, using this platform called UNSW Connect. So all you have to do is just sign into this platform and you get to book a consultation of um, 20 minutes with us. And we do have some special consultation for um, EDI students and PhD students where they get 30 minutes um, consultation booking time. So through the link that I share with you, Sarah, you can then uh, maybe share with the students on how they can book this consultation. Sure, we'll do. You can book it once, uh, once a week. Ah, once a week, cool, mm -hmm. awesome. Okay, uh, shall we wrap up then? Yeah, sounds, sounds good to me. Yeah, all right, cool. So that's all we have time for, for this episode. Thank you, Cedrin, so much for your time and thank you for listening in. Um, yep <laughs> thank you all yes thank you everyone and thank you for those people who sent in questions throughout as well that was really nice um so um from here we will grounded unsw we will make a post of the extra resources um that cedrin has mentioned about throughout this live stream and um, we will also be editing this live stream and placing it on our normal podcast channels and then the link will be available on our Facebook and Instagram page. So please stay tuned if you'd like to re-listen to this anytime. Yeah, so um, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at GroundedUNSW um, to stay up to date with our upcoming podcast episodes. And of course, to get your say on things that you'd like to see from us and guests you'd like to hear from. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for having me. Okay. Thank good. you. Bye. Bye.